The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Charlie. And this is Nathan, and we'll be your host for today. Thanks so much for joining the podcast once again. Um, so t- on today's episode, we are going to be talking about rest. Um, obviously, in our world today, things are quite tumultuous. And uh, maybe you're feeling a little stressed out. Maybe you're feeling like rest is the last thing that is like... It's probably high on your priority list, but the last thing that you're able to achieve. Um, and so today we're talking about rest. There's a lot going on. And, and probably we're not going to talk about rest in the way you're thinking we're going to talk about rest. Uh, and another side of the coin you could say is we're going to talk about what it seems like is just a bunch of people that are burnt out. Yeah. It seems like we're all running around like chickens with our heads chopped off, burnt out. Trying to get stuff done. Yeah. And I, I, as I look around, I think that maybe you feel this way, but life is overwhelming. There's so much to do, so much to get done, uh, pay the next bill, um, like go to the next meeting, do this, do that, take care of whatever's going on in front of you, not to mention loving your family, loving the people around you, engaging <laughs> the lost. Like, it's like, man, how am I ever going to do anything right like how am I ever going to really fulfill what's most important Um, and then when we start to look at this mentality in light of the church and Christianity I'm not sure it's gotten any better like I almost feel like it gets worse yeah like even globally speaking like it's one thing to talk about the United States where we wear busyness as a badge of honor and we we honor those who are extra busy and work 80 hours a week. That must mean you're extra special people. Um, but even on top of that, my observation globally is that Christian workers around the world are those who work even harder. Yeah, I I think it, or this longer, is all longer give or hours, take, it depends. Yeah. But uh, whatever the case may be, when we look at how this works inside the four walls of the local church context, which I'll say this, we're not against any of these activities in and of themselves. Um, we think they're highly important, but you may have a family, you may have a busy life, or you may be in school and have lots of things to do there, homework and assignments and uh, all that comes with life. And then you get to your church and you hear, okay, you need to be here on Sunday mornings. I agree. You should be there on Sunday mornings. Absolutely. You should worship together with other believers. Or maybe you meet Saturday nights, Friday nights, doesn't matter. But you should be meeting You mean there's not one holy them. day? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, so you should be meeting with other believers. But then it's like, oh, and you need to be here for Wednesday night Bible study. And uh, not only that, but... Sunday night youth group. You need to help out with the Sunday night youth group. Or if you're a participant, you need to be there for that or the college group. And, uh, oh, but if you really want to be growing as a spiritual leader in the church, 
then you also need to be leading a Bible study. Mm. So not only do you need to participate one, you need to lead one another day of the week. And that'll be with other people inside our church that'll come to that Bible study. And then on top of that, like we're going to have prayer meeting nights and you can't really be a leader unless you come to the prayer meeting nights. Like that's highly important. And well, if you're volunteering at this thing, then we also have the meetings to train volunteers. Or if you're on the worship team, we have the practice meetings. And so if you want to be on the worship team, you do that Sunday mornings, but you need to come to the practice meeting during the week. You will, your family's also running a Bible study that you need to be at, and you're participating in another Bible study. So you got three um, days a week plus Sunday. Like four, yeah, maybe yeah. even five days a week. And yeah. it's yeah. filled. It's yeah. done. Yeah. And then you mentioned, how do I have time for family? Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe one day, one night a week, maybe. Hmm. Um, now let's talk about how are you going to reach the lost? Yeah. Oh. You got no bandwidth left. My time is filled. Yeah. I don't have time for hospitality. Don't have I don't energy. have <laughs> energy or even time. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to have uh, my neighbors over for dinner to hear their stories and love them. Yeah. When? It doesn't work. Right. And I feel that when I look at this, something's not right. Hmm. Any of these things in and of themselves are not wrong. Sure. But just because something's a good thing doesn't mean it's a God thing. And too much might be a wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, too much of a, even good things yeah. can be a wrong thing. Yeah. Absolutely. So I look at that and I say, man, that's not helping people who are feeling burned out. Right. In fact, I feel like it's leaping more burdens on them. <laughs> um, so what do we do? Like yeah. I, I've actually had people tell me recently, hey, Charlie, um, could you pray for me? Or what do you think? Like, I'm trying to pull back from everything mm-hmm. so I can rest and recalibrate and ask God, like, what he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like, you should be asking him. Um, but what should we do? Mm-hmm. Like, where should we put our time? And I think there's this great scripture uh, that, that would be fun to unpack with this. Um, you've heard it, I'm sure. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah. So let's break down the passage just really quick. So Jesus is saying, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and have heavy burdens. Um, So he's directing them to come to him. Yeah. And then for anybody who hasn't grown up on a farm or isn't familiar with the term, the word yoke is not an egg. It is not the I yellow mean, part of an egg. I have chickens at my house. I don't know if that's a farm, but I got ch- three chickens. Yeah. And uh, I definitely get some yolks for breakfast, but that's not what Jesus talked yeah. about. I, I spent much of my life thinking <laughs> that he was talking about the yellow part of an egg. Did you really? Well, I mean, I was probably like seventh or eighth grade by the time I figured out it wasn't My that. yolk is light. It's a yeah, that's true. Light, light he, yellow. He doesn't have the dark orange yolk. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's this thing. It's this apparatus that they would use to put. A, Define apparatus. That's a very intricate term. It's not. It's a. It's a piece it, of wood. It's a piece of wood. Yeah, that they put over the shoulders of an ox or a horse or whatever cattle to pull a cart or a buggy or to pull a plow or whatever. Yeah. It's 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 how you transfer the energy of an animal into a tool. So if you want to know, like, old-time farming before we had big old tractors, uh, they would need to plow fields to plant seeds to help crops grow. 
And to get those fields ready and plant them, they would need to plow them to create the, the trench for the seeds. And so there would be this piece of metal that would dig through the ground, and that was connected to this yoke, yoke, this piece of wood that was over the shoulders of these animals who would pull it for you. Right. Exactly. So that's a yoke. That's a burden. So you may have a lot of burdens. You may be feeling burned out like, man, my yoke is heavy. Mm. I don't know what I can do. Like, I'm done. I, I can't add a single another thing. And yet I'm being told on all sides, like, I have to do more. Mm. And Jesus says, hey, come to me. Mm. I'll give you rest. So number one, I think we need to point people to Jesus ultimately. And when we do. Well, we need to, if we're talking about ourselves here, we need to point ourselves yeah, to Jesus. Yeah. We, we need to orient our own life to say, hey, Jesus. <laughs> like, and and I, I, this might be extrapolating the text a little bit, but I think we need to seek him as a source of rest. Like, it's not just that he's going to tell us what's right and wrong, well, like how we should spend our time, yes, and how we shouldn't spend our time, right? I, I agree with that, but also that he becomes right. our rest. He says in a different part that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. Right. That means that he is the source of all rest. And Hebrews 4 says that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of the Sabbath. Right. So... Your ultimate rest is not in a day, it's in a person. Right. And that person is Jesus. So let's just define, like, what does it look like to go to Jesus for rest? Like, what does that mean in practical terms? Well, I think you can start, but I don't think I could finish that until we get to what his yoke is. All right. So I think to start, it's spending time with him. Yeah. And I think we have to realize he's our Lord. He's our master. He's our boss. He's our king. He's the one in charge, not any other person or circumstance. Absolutely. So, uh, like, my bills are not my boss. Like, my calendar is not my boss. My pastor is not my boss. Mm. My, you name it. Like, they are not the old. Yes, we need to respect people. We need to listen to them and to some level even obey the authorities God has put in our life. Um, but ultimately, our ultimate authority is Jesus. Mm. And so I think we need to seek him. We need to spend time with him. We need to know what that looks like. And in those times say, Lord, how do you want me to manage my life? Mm. Like, where do you want me to put my hand? What are you wanting me to do? Is there something you want me to pull back from or something you want me to move forward in? And if you say it, I'll do it. That, Even if I'm feeling like I don't know how I can do this, if you say it, I know that I'll have what I need to do it. Right. That's how we ultimately define that. That's the fullness of this passage, right? Is it's not just Jesus is our source of rest, but Jesus is also the one who's helping us to discern where what, to go. Yeah. What to do and what not to do. And uh, it even goes beyond that, I think. Um. A yoke is a tool for work. Yep. And Jesus didn't say, I know that your yoke is heavy. Let me take it off. I don't have one. Right. He said, mine is light. That means he still has something for you to do. So I don't think his answer is, let me go hide out in a cave or let me go into the wilderness by myself for the rest of my life. Like, or let me go hide out in my room and say, I'm done with everything. That's not his answer. Right. His answer is come to me. Okay, he's going to 
give you rest ultimately. He's going to guide you and direct you, and then you go do what he says. Mm. But also I think we have to look at the plain meaning of Scripture of what he's already told us to do. Mm. And he's already told us to reach the lost and make disciples while loving him and loving others as Mm. most important. And so if you are feeling burned out and saying, what do I put my hand to? Where do I pull back from and where do I move forward in? Think through a missional lens. If you can't reach your neighbors, you might need to create space to do that. Mm. Anything you can do to do that. Um, Go make disciples. If you... If you are investing in younger lives, helping them to love Jesus, create more space for that. Mm. Um, But if it's, I just need to go to another Bible study and I just need to go to another meeting, I hate to say it, but those might be the things you need to cut Mm. if they're not helping you fulfill this mission. Uh, You've got to have capacity for the mission. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think, like you were saying before, it begins with spending time alone with Jesus. Like as our source of rest. I, uh, I've discovered in my own life that the moments that I'm most tired and most burned out and have the least amount of capacity, because for me, the limiting factor is my energy. I'm not a social butterfly, so I don't love being around people all the time, but my calling puts me around people all the time, which means that I need to figure out what that looks like. And what I've discovered is in days that I don't spend time alone with the Lord, Mm. I don't have the capacity, like I don't have the capacity is the right word. I don't have what it takes to be with all those people fully engaging yeah. and, and doing what needs to be done. So my what I've done is I've made spending time alone with Jesus a regular practice. Like it's just like there is a chunk of my day that is devoted every mm. day to spending time alone with Jesus. Yeah. And it, it, it's fundamentally changed my capacity my capacity to be with people, to do things, those kinds of things, because he has become my source of rest and energy and all of that. Second Peter one, his divine power yeah, has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Yeah. Everything, his divine power. And there's this great story that has amazed me. Um, Brother Yoon, a, a, a guy who was radically changed by Jesus and became a huge proponent and uh, fueling the underground church movement of China and uh, he suffered he was put in prison and I remember a story of him being put in prison and like giving up his time with God because Mm -hmm. he was not only in prison but in a work camp and they just burned these people out with work sun up to sundown and beyond no sleep almost like minimal sleep and God was compelling him like and he was more tired than ever of course but God was compelling him you need to spend time with me Mm -hmm. And he's like, how am I going to have more time to do that? Like, I'll die. And he did it, and he felt somehow more energy yeah, and strength. And it reminds me of the verse, Colossians 1, 28 and 29. Um, uh, well, it's spacing my mind, but it's like uh, his, oh, it talks, it's Christ's energy, which works so powerfully in mm-hmm. me, in me. Yeah. I had a friend in high school. This was before I encountered Jesus who said, yeah, I wake up at like 530 in the morning because school started for us at at 715. So you had to be at at school at like seven o'clock to be on time. And this girl is a girl. So obviously girls take longer to get ready in the morning. And she's telling me like she's waking up at like five, 530 in the morning to spend like a little bit of time with Jesus every day. 
And I was thinking to myself, man, I barely make it out of bed at six, <laughs> let alone like five o'clock in the morning. I can't even imagine giving up yet another hour of sleep. Yeah. And she was like, you know, it's crazy. Like I didn't have ears to hear what she was saying. Cause I was just an arrogant 16 year old kid. But what she was saying was so true. She's like, I woke up and it's like, God gave me energy. It's like, I have more energy because I spent time with him. Mm. And I'm like, wow. I wish I had had ears to hear as a 16-year-old what she had to offer. Yeah. So are you feeling weary, heavy laden, and burned out? Go back to Jesus. Mm. May he be your source of rest and refueling uh, because surely you know you need it. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. And those few of you who are laboring, it's hard work. Mm. And not only are there is there laboring that we need, to do and should be doing there's laboring that's just thrown at us and on top of us uh, from the world and all sorts of sources so go to him let him be your rest and let him direct how you should use your time and don't don't neglect the things that jesus has plainly told us to do Mm. he said that there is plowing to be done there is harvest to be had um there is a yoke that you need to take up and I believe that you'll find rest in that yoke. The mm-hmm. yoke you're supposed to take up, you'll find rest. Like you, you'll be working and it will be tiring and exhausting, but somehow you'll feel at rest, I think, in your soul. Like you're going to be like, man, I'm supposed to be doing this. And that fuels me. Yeah. That gives me passion. That gives me vision. And that gives me energy to keep going. Even if it exhausts me, I couldn't do anything else but this. And Jesus has called me for such as this. Yeah, I affirm that 100%. When when I have the opportunity to teach, which is my spiritual gift, like when I have the opportunity to, to sit with a group of people and discuss God's word and engage it, and even in the real world to be like, all right, let's go do this in the mm-hmm. real world context. When I have that opportunity, oh man, nothing brings me more life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you could be so dead dog tired, but I would but be energized you're full by of that. life. Oh yeah. And I think Jesus is pointing at this as well because he said, there's a yoke. Like yeah. we can't forget that. I think sometimes we read this verse and we're like, oh yeah, I just need to go sit in my room with Jesus. And that's what I like. Okay. Maybe for five minutes or day, like not forever. Yeah. Like, no, there's a work to be done and you do it with him and by him and through him and by his direction. Yeah. But there is a work to be done. Absolutely. Well, go to Jesus. Yep. And do what he says. And uh, I think that you'll be excited to discover that the work he has for you to do is a unique thing. Um, Your yoke, it's his yoke that he has for you. I think it'll be unique for each one of us. Absolutely. Uh, Ultimately advances his kingdom and glorifies him, but uh, we each have a unique part to play. So go to him to discover, hey, How do I uniquely pick up your yoke, Jesus? And what does that look like? And I think you're going to find ultimate rest in your soul rather than uh, an anxious, heavy, burdened, burnt out. I'm pulled in all sorts of directions. Um, Well, thank you guys for joining this episode of Fuel for the Harvest. Please don't forget to subscribe and unsubscribe. No, 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 no. no. Unsubscribe and subscribe. (laughs) Unsubscribe, then resubscribe. Thank you. Yep. Uh, For the sake of the algorithm. And uh, if any parts of this stick out, we so appreciate you sharing on social media and spreading the word. Uh, it means a lot to us. Um, and and continually, continually, there are some of you listening in from other countries. So uh, thank you for listening in. Uh, it's a joy to have you as a, a part of this movement of raising up more kingdom laborers around the world. Well, God bless you guys and see you next time. <laughs>